Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Appreciate all you guys participating on the Specs text line. Uh, 512-337-3776. Uh, a lot of discussion about the days, apparently, on the <laughs> Specs text line. So appreciate all you guys uh, hitting us up. Also, Twitterverse is a great way to engage us. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. My man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. The real MVP, Patrick Davis, at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. We talked a lot about uh, Championship Weekend uh, last, uh, actually, when we first started off the show in the 3 o'clock hour. So I want to get into Texas Bowl uh, game of opponent, which is Washington, in the Alamo Bowl, which is uh, a very uh, familiar destination for Texas and uh, Longhorn fans out there. And also the college football uh, playoff teams, which have been announced. Uh, we'll get into that coming up here in this segment. Rod's round of the day. We'll revisit the Deion Sanders to Colorado story. Um, I got a couple of different angles that I want to hit. So for anybody wanting to hear our takes about Dion, we'll do that coming up in the next segment and uh, 530. We'll get into the Dion story. And Team USA, 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 losing to the Netherlands. They're out of the World Cup, but we'll review uh, that match. Uh, Hearts, you, uh, your wife played professional soccer, played <clears throat> collegiate soccer at Tech as well. Uh, did she uh, watch the game? Oh yeah, the match. That was, we were we were all in and mm-hmm. ready to go. And when they scored that first goal, <clears throat> it, the energy changed quickly because of the way that they did it. You know, and then they scored the second goal. And it was the exact same way that they yeah. scored the first goal. Yeah. So then it just showed that the the intensity that we were feeling was not matched by those that were out on the field. Because yeah. if you go back and you watch it, you'll see that they were hustling to their spots. And, uh, and the USA team was not hustling to their spots. And the technique wasn't exactly the way it should be. Yeah. Uh, I think they just lost focus. Show their inexperience yeah. uh, as a team late. Um, we'll get into that coming up in uh, the 545 segment. Also, Heisman finalists are set to be announced uh, at the end of the 5 o'clock hour around 545 yep. as well. So we'll keep you abreast of everything happening there. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Bijan Robinson mm-hmm. will be one of those finalists announced right now. I'm not um, I'm not holding out hope for it. I, I, I think it, he deserves it, but... So all um, we can some, do is hope. Something tells me that, yeah, Bijan's going to get yeah, uh, shafted here. And only because the two biggest games of the year, Bijan was, was a non-factor, guys. Right. Nationally. <clears throat> nationally, you know, that's what they're looking at. Now, we know Bijan is, in my opinion, best running back in college football. And, hell, Texas would not be an eight-win team without Bijan. Hell, they'd probably be a five- or six-win team without Bijan. Um, but in that TCU game? That was a huge game, game day in town, facing a top five opponent. Uh, Bijan had 12 rushes. And the Bama game, I don't have uh, the numbers. Uh, I've, I'm not top of my head. I can't have I don't have them, but and I can't remember them off the top of my head. But he wasn't a huge factor in that game. Not at all. So those are your two big national games. And everybody was tuning in, hoping that Bijan would have that Heisman moment in that game. Never came. Yeah, and that's, that's why what, I don't think he's going to make it to New York. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I think he deserves it, but I don't think he's going to just based on those two national stage uh, performances. Yeah, from Bijan. I'm with you on that. All right, let's talk about Texas's uh, Alamo Bowl opponent. It is going to be the Washington Huskies. That's a sexy matchup, hard so because PK, uh, once the defensive coordinator for the Washington Huskies, uh, we know Steve Sarkeesian was once the head coach for the Washington Huskies. Jeff Choate uh, was also once an assistant coach there for the Washington Huskies. So you got a lot of uh, ties there um, between the two programs. Uh, a lot of people call it the Sark Bowl. I like that. <laughs> uh, and Texas right now considered, uh, I think they are an underdog. Currently to Washington, right? I would, I would think so. I haven't seen for sure yet. But and Washington I would, is a ten win team. But they're ten and two, and Longhorns eight and four. And I start to look at the, their team mm-hmm. compared to what Texas is, and who's going to stay, who's not. How's everything going to play out? Mm-hmm. Who's going to play in the game for Texas, and who is not? But you look at Michael Penix Jr. Yep, he's nasty. Remember, he I told nasty. you about Frank Frank Harris. Who, by the way, they just won a championship. Shout out to the UTSA yep. Road Runners. Mm-hmm. But you sit there and you look at what. <clears throat> the opportunity is going to be there. It makes me a little bit nervous for this game, Rob. It does make me a little bit nervous on this game because you don't know exactly how this is going to play out, who is going to be the members. And then you 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 wonder, is this 15 practices going to help Quinn yours? Is this going to be something that he mm-hmm. goes out there and he, you can see that he's worked on his footwork during this time, oh, yeah. kind of worked on the fundamental part of the game and mentally prepare? Are we going to just see the one look and then try to figure it out? Or who's going to be the running back? Jonathan Brooks. Is, it looks like he would probably Jay be Brooks, that. Keelan Robinson. Is, is Roshan Johnson going to play in the game? You know, And then you look on Ooh. the defensive side of the ball. You look at the defensive side of the ball. What guys are going to elect to sit out? Most of those guys, guys will play. I hope so. Because they're not, you know, Rojo and Bijan are, first of all, Rojo's coming off an injury. He's been injured for the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Bijan, running back position, we know how that goes, right? Running back in terms of the the shelf life of those guys, really short, and the uh, opportunity um, mm-hmm. to, you know, to deal with injuries and the risk of injury, I think it's a little higher at that specific position. I think you'll get the an interior D lineman there thinking about leaving Keandre Coburn, who's out. I think he'll he'll play. I think DeMarvin Overshone will play. Yeah. I really do. I, don't, I hope so. And I, I they all graduated too, by the way. They, yeah, they got there. I could be wrong about that today. though. They could decide. You know what? We don't want to play. But to me, I don't know if they're. They would do better getting more film, <laughs> uh, oh, sure. film out there. Yeah. High, you know, with high level performances for NFL scouts rather than decide. No, I'm sitting out so that I can have a great. You know, focus on a great NFL workout with at the combine or individual workouts. Yeah, they're still going to test okay anyway, and they got enough time. Kendrick Coburn will be the reason for him not to play to focus on his what forty time, right? How much he's going <laughs> right, to bench, right? And now, if he's worried about injury, I get that. Right, injury concern. That's I mean, everybody's got that. If you're worried about injury, I get it. Um, but I, I see some. I see most of those guys playing. I think Rojo and Bijan will have the two. Biggest decision. Big to question make. mark. Okay. Yeah. And then don't forget about all the people that just entered the transfer portal too. There's a bunch of kids that just entered the transfer portal. Obviously, they weren't front line guys. Yeah. But you still you start looking at your depth. Well, Hudson Card is probably yeah. the most notable your backup quarterback uh, is going to be gone. Yeah. Andre so. Carrick was in your rotation of offensive linemen there. Big pa- Big Twelve package. Yeah. When you <laughs> play your six star lineman, <clears throat> and then you got Troy Mirage, a little Billingsley, who was playing as your third tight end, I guess. Jimmy Johnson and Prince Dorba, yeah. who's also also getting uh, reps every now and then, and JD yeah. Coffee, yeah, uh, DJ Harris, uh, so yeah, you're right. It's only like two or three guys, frontline guys, but the transfer portal, 
giveth and it also taketh away. And now it's officially open. I think you'll see some more names. Yeah. Some surprising, others not so surprising of Longhorn deciding, hey, I want to seek, seek greener pastures. Seek, yeah. I'm uh, with you. And to your point about Washington, they won six games in a row. One of their games that they, they beat um, Arizona. They also beat Cal. They beat Oregon State. They beat Oregon. Oregon, a, a, a team that was on the rise. They started playing a lot better. They beat them 37-34. They destroyed Colorado. And then they beat um, Washington State 51-33 to in their last game. Yeah, I do think – I haven't watched a ton of Washington. I'm going to devote myself over the next couple of weeks to watching, yeah, sure. to watching all the Washington games I can and uh, coming up with, obviously, a, a breakdown um, about the matchup. But one thing I did notice that's just pretty obvious out there, they only lost two games. Both of those on the road, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arizona State's a bad team. Arizona State fired Herm Ellis, so they're a bad <laughs> football yeah. team. So you lost on the road to a bad football team. By the way, Texas has done that, too. So, <laughs> um, so and throwing it out there, I guess Tech is an average football team. I was not a bad they're, they're in a bowl game. I think they're back. Average football <laughs> team for Tech. But they struggle a little bit on the road, and what teams don't play a different brand of football on the road, most of them do, and we know that from Texas. Uh, so... This game is basically a home game for Texas and a road game for them. Obviously, right. it's a neutral site in San Antonio and Alamo Bowl, but we know you'll have predominantly Texas fans there because it's such a quick drive for them. And also for Texas, they've been there so much. There is a familiarity, so it's not a true home field advantage, but for Texas, it is about as close as you can get to a home field advantage in a bowl game. No for, doubt. Considering how much you played there. Uh, And Texas has played in the Alamo Bowl more than any other (laughs) team. No that, doubt that it's and I know Longhorn fans don't like it. I think a lot of Longhorn fans they like this. They feel like it's Groundhog Day for them, uh, and they feel like the Longhorns are, you know, are being some feel like they're being shortchanged. But this is the pecking order of the bowls. They just always end up in the Alamo Bowl when you're third or the fourth choice in the Big Twelve, and Texas is too attractive for the Alamo Bowl to pass up. Yeah, I think that in the Texas Bowl get Tech. I think they got Tech and, yeah. and Ole Miss and Ole Miss. Yeah. yeah. So it's just too attractive for them to pass up. But I do like the matchup. It is a sexy matchup. And like you said, QB, Michael uh, Penix Jr., mm-hmm. man, he's the real deal. Uh, leading the country in passing yards, 4,354, 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 66% completion percentage, 8.7 yards per attempt. And he decided he's coming back to school mm-hmm. uh, for 2023. Only two teams have held him under 300 yards passing. Yeah, he's nice, man. He was, he's, he, and like you say, he does remind you of Frank Harris. And he, that was a great comparison. And, he, oh, and Donovan Smith. And he's Donovan Smith. Guy, basically quarterbacks that run. have given the Longhorns a lot of trouble. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> He'll keep a play alive long enough to you know make, get make a guy a to get play. open and yeah to take advantage of the scramble drill. And one thing also worried about just early on, uh, just talking about how you know you said he reminds you of Frank Harris and uh, Donovan Smith. He's not a mobile quarterback, but he uses his legs. He uses that mobility to keep plays alive, and he wants to throw it. Yep. He, he he's running to throw. He's scrambling to throw, not scrambling to run. Um, and that's a little bit dangerous for Texas because as we've talked about this season, we've seen Bryce Young, and he's an elite quarterback, but Donovan Smith and Frank Harris and Adrian Martinez. We've seen quarterbacks be able to make some plays who have a similar skill set, but third down. This is the best third down offense in the country. Yep. Period. Like it's Washington. Yeah. Yep. Third, best third down offense in the country. They're number one in the FBS in uh, in third downs at fifty seven point I think fifty seven percent conversion rate. And in November they were com- they were converting sixty four percent of their third downs. Nice. 
Oh, that that that's that, gonna that's be gonna be scary. Money down. Exactly. We're gonna come down to money down for Texas and Texas this season, especially on some third and longs. Uh, during the season, they struggled a little bit on some of those third and long situations. They were really good toward the end of the season, though. They were yep. really good in the Kansas game on uh, third and long situations. Uh, they were, you know, hell, even in the TCU game, they weren't terrible in the TCU game. Right. So it was a third and long predictable passing downs, which they should be really good there. Um, so uh, that's going to be third and long money downs going to be big in this matchup too. And by the way, the last time that Texas faced Washington, it was against, I mean, it was during your time it was. at the University of Texas. Oh, you yeah. went on to win the game. 47-43 in the Holiday Bowl. Major Applewhite had four touchdowns in that. that game. Yeah. It wasn't no easy win. That's some Jeremy Stevens was an NFL tight end. Cody Pickett was the quarterback. Who was the wide receiver? Was it Michael, Mike Williams? Uh, that's his name? I think Mike it Williams. It might have been Mike Williams. Big Michael. He, he played. I mean, it's a lot of Mike. It's like four or five Mike Williams that had played in the NFL mm-hmm. and played wide receiver. He was one of them from Washington, um, and he was a good player, too. I remember Jeremy Stevens. Didn't he end up dating like Hope Solo? No, that was his, that's his wife. Is she still still dating? Well, I don't know. At Maybe one time. that was his wife. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. That yeah. was strange. Um, but yeah, I, they were a good team at yeah. the time. That was a good. That was a good Washington team. Your boy Bo Skeezy got a touchdown, and so did uh, B.J. Johnson during that game. Uh, yeah, no, that was a hard fought game too. I mean, ended up being a shootout, and yeah. uh, we outlasted Washington in the matchup. Man, the holiday. Reggie Bowls. Williams is what they was said. His Reggie, name. thank yep. you, Reggie yep. Williams. Thank, thank you. you very much. Uh, yeah, I know it was a Williams in there somewhere. Okay, yep. um, okay, so Texas in the Alamo Bowl versus Washington. They call it the Sark Bowl. Like I said, you'll hear that a lot. One thing also keep in mind: this might be your. Th- third or second best wide receiving group you faced all year too. Mm-hmm. Since they got an elite passer, um, Rome Adunze and Jalen McMillan are the two wide receivers, both 1,000-yard wide receivers, 15 combined receiving touchdowns between them. Uh, and they got a kid, a third receiver from Texas, actually. Is that Polk? Uh, yes, yeah. East Texas product, I believe. Um, and he is explosive. Got averaging 17 yards per reception, six touchdowns. Um, so they they really are almost over-reliant on their passing game. They really trust uh, Michael Penix Jr. Mm-hmm. to make plays in the passing game. So they'll throw it on a lot of what you consider to be rundowns and standard downs because – you know they really do uh, like their wide receiving matchups most of the time, and with that group, you should. Oh yeah. Uh, so especially when you trust your quarterback the yeah. way that you do, he's, he he doesn't turn the ball over like that. He think he only had seven interceptions on yep. five hundred attempts. Yeah. So and yeah. and they I think Texas, played at Indiana too. By the way. Yeah. He uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, matter of fact, the head coach was the yep. OC over there. Right. It's amazing how when a coach yeah. leaves, he brings his quarterback with him. Hey man, smart the smart ones do. Prime time. <laughs> Prime time. Lincoln. Yeah. The smart, Lincoln. The smart one. The smart ones do. No doubt. Uh, Texas will be able to shut down their running game because Texas shuts down every running game. Yeah. They shut down Baylor's running game. Shut down the running game for K State late in that matchup. Forced Adrian Martinez to have to beat you throwing the football. TCU's running game wasn't shut down, but certainly neutralized to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I think that Texas will be, be able to stop their running game and make them one dimensional. The problem is they don't mind being one dimensional. Right. Like I said, they, they're almost a little over reliant on their passing game anyway. So they yeah. don't really care about it. Yeah. So they're that, comfortable with their quarterback throwing the ball. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> that's that, so that worries me. Yeah, you'll you'll make them one dimensional, but I think you might need to prioritize stopping stopping the run on your way to the quarterback when yep. you play Washington for sure. Like and, he, and contain him because he, like you said, he he runs to throw. He doesn't run to run. No. He's not going to try to beat you with his feet. He's going to create some movement, 
but he's also looking down the field to make the – you know, you were talking about scramble drill with Caleb Williams. He's really good at the scramble drill as well. Yeah, that's what I said earlier. He, he'll take advantage of the scramble yep. drill with those two wide receivers. They're vets. They know uh, the chemistry and the continuity with that group. So it's going to be – I think it's going to be a really nice matchup. I think it'll end up being a fourth-quarter game. And depending on if Texas has – the services of B. John Robinson, which we don't know, mm-hmm. um, that'll probably be the ultimate determining factor for me. When, is, when do you think he would make that decision? When do you think? I think he's going to be fair to Sark and to the team, so I think relatively soon. Or he maybe already told him and just kept He might have already him. told him. Yep. We just don't know. Yep. Yep. It's, not it's, not our, our, it's not our place yet. Yeah, so you might be right about that. He probably yep. already told them, and we don't know. Um, when the media will find out, listen, we got a lot of got some great time. media entities covering uh, this program. What are you talking about? Horns 24-7 or Inside Texas or you know Football Brainiacs. They do a great job, too. Somebody. We'll find yeah, out if sure. it's if it's if the information is <laughs> within you know behind the burners curtain within that locker room. Yeah, it, it will be found out before sure. the bowl game. There's no doubt about it. He and, might also be waiting for some news in about 20 minutes. Yeah, so he might be hoping for that first. That's true. Right. Yeah, right. if that Heisman news comes down uh, that he's a finalist, that I don't know what that'll do. To I don't his know decision. if adjust it, but he may just be like, I'm not going to say I'm going to jump out. 20, oh, no. like the day of the Heisman okay. finalist announcement. Yeah, true. Totally. I'll yeah, wait, yeah. push that off. Let's yeah. keep those separate. No announcements yeah. made on the Heisman day in case he's one he of the finalists. Come out and say, yeah. I didn't get picked for the Heisman. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Hey, it might be. It might. It might come down the pipe like that. Uh, all right, we come back. I want to get into the Deion Sanders uh, hiring or his decision to take the Colorado job. Um, got some interesting takes about it. We'll get to that. Also, I'll tell you what makes this hire one of the most unique hires in the history of college football. Come on. I don't think we've ever seen anything like Come it. Come on. And I don't think we're ever going to see anything like it after Come on. Dion is done. We'll talk about it on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time to get to uh, Raj's rant of the day. All right, um, I want to talk about Deion Sanders. Uh, he was my hero growing up. I wanted to be like Deion Sanders. I wore number two uh, in high school. I want to wear number two here. Tim Brewster, who recruited me, who works for Deion now, who recruited me, promised me I would have number two when I got here. And then he gave me number 21 and said, hey, man, if you want to be like Dion, you might as well wear number 21 like he does in the league. That's where you hit it. The man was a salesman. All right. He sells sand to a beach. So I took number 21. And you know what? I don't regret it because uh, I, I, I felt more like Dion wearing the 2-1. I just had to pattern my game after Dion. I used to watch film of Dion and literally had coaches have to coach out my Dion resembling technique. Because Dion's technique was terrible. It was all for show. It was so it would look good. It wasn't necessarily functional for everybody out there who wasn't a superhuman like Dion. If you're a superhuman, you could have the Dion stance where he basically had one. He had he basically like at the line of scrimmage, if you will notice, at times he would take one foot and have it back in a lunge position and have a have his other foot um, basically up. 
as if he was getting ready to either getting to a like going to a lunge. Um, most of the time he would end up either bailing out or he'd end up like sealing off one side of leverage. But it was one of the most unorthodox defensive stances for a DB ever. But I remember it well because I tried to mock and tried to emulate Dion, who didn't. But now Dion is taking on the challenge. Now Dion has decided to take on the job as the Colorado head coach. And I've said before, I think a lot of schools out there, programs are going to regret not hiring Dion. The truth is, even if Dion failed, and I've said it before, at wherever he's going to go, now at Colorado, he would have left your program in a better position than when he found it. Um, number one is because this guy's already proven he can recruit. He's got he recruited a number one overall prospect, Travis Hunter Jr., to an HBCU in Jackson State. It had never happened in the history of uh, historically black colleges, and he was able to f- get him to flip uh, his commitment from Florida State, his alma mater, uh, which made Florida State <laughs> a little upset with their you know with their uh, favorite son Deion Sanders, but he didn't care. Flip uh, Travis Hunter, and by the way, Travis Hunter has already put out via Twitter on a live stream that he's coming. So he's coming. He's a wide receiver slash DB, played in seven games this year, but he ended up dealing with injury. But he is a legit you know, NFL prospect, next-level guy. If Deion Sanders can get number one overall prospects to go to the HBCU level, there is no doubt he can recruit at the Power Five or the FBS level. As a matter of fact, he just had a receiver from Florida, five-star receiver from the 2025 class, commit to Colorado soon as Deion announced he was going to be the head coach there. A five-star receiver just in 2025 decided, I'm going to see you. He could change his mind. It's 2025. you got a couple you of years in there. Of time. Yeah. But to show you the impact that it's having on the psyche of young people, they're already saying, oh, Dion's going there? I'm going there. I'm done. Now, I'm sure when they think about it, maybe you know they'll decide there are other choices that are you know better for them, better fits for them, more compatible, whatever. But the truth is, in terms of the, the promotion, Right in terms of the publicity you get when you bring in Dion, there ain't nothing like it. There, there's, there's <clears throat> nobody else bringing in free publicity uh, like Dion. I saw this little report too. This comes from Josh Newberg. Study. He's a, a recruiting analyst. He said he tweeted out quote: "A source at Colorado tells me 200 recruits and portal transfers have reached out in the last 12 hours. Some of them are four and five star caliber players. Dion Sanders has a chance to make some noise before signing day." NIL money is also rolling in, I'm told. Source said, I've never seen anything like this in my time here at Colorado. <laughs> it, 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 it's going to be easy. Right. It's going to be too easy for him. Man. He's going to yeah. be fighting him off with a stick. And, and one of the things that makes him compelling, and Dion, he's basically a, man, this guy's a, he's like a Haley's Comet, right? He's something that comes around every, what is Haley's Comet, every 76 years or so? Mm-hmm. If you want to look at the, what are the, the rarest astronomical events um, that we possibly could see? I think one of the most r- rarest astronomical events out there is when the planets align. It's, it's a very rare thing. Trust me. I think the next time we can see it is like 2040. And in 2040, there'll be uh, an astronomical event where all or six planets, right? The moon, so not six planets, moon, Mars, Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn. So Mars, Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn, and the moon, where they all like align and in perfect symmetry. And they basically said that this is like considered to be one of the rarest astronomical events that we could ever witness or astrological events we could ever witness. 
And to me, that's what we're witnessing right now with Dion. I think it's one of the rarest events that we'll ever see. First of all, is there any pro football Hall of Famer who's coaching at the FBS or Power 5 level? There's not. Honestly, I don't think there's ever been one. I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever one. heard I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think there's been it a, doesn't. It doesn't happen. Right. I mean, you don't get pro football. They don't, they don't start at the lower levels. Yeah. They usually end up starting at the NFL level. Mm-hmm. And most of them don't even want to coach college. So I'm not saying that nobody could have done it, but nobody's ever done it before. And like this, that. he's all—I mean, he's already making history. And you can start looking at all the stuff that Dion has done that sets him apart. Has there ever been a uh, a, a former hip hop artist that has also become a power five <laughs> coach? No, I'm serious. I'm not. I'm serious. Has there ever been a a, a former hip hop artist that's become a power five or FBS head coach? I don't think that's, anybody. that's got an album, like a yeah. little like an album. Yeah. People mock this, like Rod. What are you talking about? That's crazy. No, this is why it's not crazy. I've always said this, I said this, and you can probably look on anybody's Instagram or these young people and find out yourselves. If you go look at the most influential genre of music over young people these today, it's hip hop. And it ain't even close. Matter of fact, the most consumed genre of music in America right now is hip hop. It's the most consumed genre of music in America right now. There are coaches around the country that are hiring young people. Texas, too, hiring young coaches and hiring young people to work in their administrative department and their recruiting department, personnel department that speak the language of hip hop because that's what the young people speak. You got to know what they're talking about. You got to know the references. You got to know they talk about the culture, what they're tweeting about, what they're Instagram about. Most, most of us don't know. You got to be in the know to know. Deion Sanders doesn't have to learn the language of hip hop that the young kids are basically speaking now. It's his native tongue. He's the first true hip-hop college football coach ever. There's some that have embraced it. Not like Dion. He actually actually consumed in the genre, had his own hip-hop album. Now, whether it was good or not, that's a different discussion. Can we get a little <laughs> taste of Dion Sanders, the hip-hop artist Dion Sanders, please, Patrick? Thank you. A little taste of this. Oh, yeah. Must be the money. Uh-huh. Yeah. I ain't say I like it. You know All right. I ain't saying it's good. But I will say he's the only college football coach, power five coach ever that's had his own hip hop album. Nobody's ever done it. And like I said, it's the most popular, most consumed musical genre in America. It's what all the Gen Zers and the young people, it's all they listen to. It's, it's the language they speak. They put up on their Instagram. It's the language he speaks. His native tongue. He's going to build that staff around a hip-hop culture. Sounds silly. It's why he can recruit like a mofo. He speaks a language. Y'all don't. I'm telling you. And there is nobody in the NFL or the college game that can say they were a better player than Deion Sanders was. Nobody. Does that mean he's going to be a great coach? Nope. But man, imagine the mouthpiece when he goes in there. Nobody's a better. Jim Harbaugh may be the closest. Player turned coach. Right? But not Hall of Famer, though. And not Hall of Famer? Not Hall of Famer, Go back to Mike Ditka before you find a better player turned 
coach, baby. I mean, it's, it's just not a lot of those is guys. Eddie huh? George still coaching? Yeah, huh? he is. Eddie yeah, George, yeah, he, he gets good coaching? Eddie George, there you go. Tennessee right, State. Was, it ain't, it ain't yeah. a lot of these guys, but it's rare. And that's why I think I mean, cut off the must be mine. Might be annoying people with that. Come on, man. Um, hey, it must be the money because them dudes said my hair's done and my nails are too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I'm serious. But he he actually, like I said, it, it, I know it sounds like a small thing. It is not a small thing with young people. It makes him cooler to them, right? And like I said, he he makes hip hop such a big part of his culture. He picks a hip hop song every year to be their theme song. Now, his first theme song, I believe, was YG. It was a song they considered very controversial. Now, the song is about loyalty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the lyrics, can we have a little bit of this, Patrick? The lyrics were controversial. Now, in this song, the clean version, where you hear my hitter, the real version, which he would play in the locker room mm-hmm. and in the stadium, would say my N-word. Turn up a little bit. Most like I'm a oh, it's a jam. Oh, he's going to be dancing huh? with it and singing with it and, and going hard with it, man. And he, he had the whole locker room oh, singing his song. Oh, yeah. He had, I mean, the whole locker room. And the whole stadium would sing the song. Now, he picks a different song every season. So he's done with the My Hit a Song. Thank God. Well, very controversial say, on his way to Colorado. Yeah, it may not work in Colorado <laughs> to say. That will Might not, not be getting played there. You'll like this, Harsh. His last song was Mystical, mm-hmm. Man Right Here. Yeah. Because he was like. Hit me with my theme music. Yeah, that, that was his theme music. Yeah. And then he danced yeah. with the guys and had some fun. But you're talking about a guy who, you know, he, he, this guy put a do-rag on his Hall of Fame bus. Yes. If that ain't hip-hop, I don't know what is. I'm with you. He put a do-rag on it. That's a real story. I'm with you. But he's like, nah, man, that ain't right. Put Tyler do-rag on it. Mm-hmm. This is the man that we used to look forward to Dion's dances. He would come up with new dances because he was like, oh, I'm going to score a touchdown, so I need, I need really cool oh, touchdown yeah. dances. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, like I said, he's the first coach that I think you can actually say is a child of the hip-hop genre. 100%. A child of 100%. Was born into it and, and now embraces it. Yeah. There's no shade. Unapologetically so. And I think it's going to pay huge dividends for him. I've always said there's no genre of music that is more organically, organically accepted by sports than hip-hop. You go to any arena, coliseum, stadium, around the country, they're playing more hip-hop than any other genre of music. They are. Mm-hmm. It just fits naturally with it. It does. And um, Dion has embraced that to a certain extent. And one, th- and one thing I'll throw out there, too, since we're talking about Dion and how, how easy it's going to be for him to bring in talent, then don't forget, even though he's on the West Coast, man, the guy's been, a, been with the 49ers, he's been on the West Coast. He's been in almost every major recruiting mecca in the country. Florida, Florida State. He was born in Florida. Mm-hmm. Spent time with the Atlanta Falcons in Georgia. Georgia's top four, top five most fertile recruiting grounds in the country. Been in Texas, won Super Bowls to the Cowboys. Been in uh, California, Super Bowls to the 49ers. There's actually nowhere he can't go recruit because everybody knows him everywhere. That kind of brand. And he's going to bring in other brands. I, the money that he brings is unbelievable. The money that th- he had a $30 million, not him, Jackson State football, yep. $30 million total economic impact this past season. $30 million huge for the community. For that community. But a community, by the way, that didn't even have the infrastructure to have clean water when Dion first got there. Mm-mm. And then Dion brought attention to that nationally and also devoted, most people don't own this, devoted half his salary 
Yes. To the facilities. He Correct. was only making, I think he was making 300 k somewhere around there a year. Devoted half of his salary to fixing the facilities and got them more facilities, actually. Yep. They got more two, two more practice fields, got a new locker room, mm-hmm. got new football facilities. Got uh, You talked about the HBCU TV rights deal they got. That was mostly because of Dion. Uh, I mean, the added value you get from him in the free media, unbelievable. He's already building his coaching staff, too, so he's going to bring on NFL coaches. I already got Mike Zimmer with him, and I already had Tim Brewster, who was a, a, I mean, a recruiting mercenary, pretty much, but recruited myself. Recruited Chris Sims, recruited Vince Young. Oh, if you need, if you got a heavy hitter and you got a whale out there, you got to pull my hitter, my hitter. Yeah, Bruce, <laughs> Bruce is that guy. Yeah, Bruce will go get him for you. Yeah. So I, he he can say so many things. Like no other Power Five coach has ever had a video game. None of them have ever had their own re- reality TV show. None of them have ever played two sports on the same day. On the same or day. On the same week. I mean, same day. Went pro in two sports. He basically he's making history. Almost every day by taking that job, yeah, and doing something that we've never seen done at the college level. It is truly, like I said, it is a rare event to and have somebody he, like Dion coaching. I the think he was level. in a dunk contest one time too, when it was uh, Wide Wide World of Sports or something like that. I think he got into a dunk contest at one point. Yeah, Correct. Dion's done it all, man. He's done it all. And what other coach has been a uh, owner of a uh, Austin Wranglers? He was. You know what I'm about that. You're right about that. Yeah, yeah. You're right about yeah. that. Yeah, Austin Reggs. I forget about that. That's oh, yeah. a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about it. Yeah, to me, I just like I said. I, to me, he's gonna. Like I said, I'm not saying he's gonna work. I I believe it is. I do believe he'll win some games there. What's your definition of working? We don't really know. That depends on you know what the expectations are there. And yep. by the way, they're giving him full like latitude. He's got full reign. Yep. He can do whatever he basically wants. They even changed the academic requirements for Dion. They just did it. I, 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 I literally read that in an article that they shifted the academic requirements. The AD, Rick George, he's proud of it too, by the way, um, said, no, man, we basically they're in such a dire situation that they need help and they're willing to give Dion as much latitude and give him as, you know, as much resources, or as, many, uh, as much support and resources as they can. And by the way, they don't even have all the money yet. No. The AD admitted they don't have all the money yet. They're getting the money now. He's going to get paid five, over $5 million a year. So basically, they gave him an IOU. I got you, dog. Pretty much. Just go ahead and build this thing up. We're going to make sure we take care of you, man. Yeah. Uh, George said, AD, it had to be a redo from top to bottom. That's why I'm going to give Coach Prime the latitude to do what he needs to do. We've talked about resources and what he needs. He's going to shoot for the sky just like we did in this hire. We shot for the highest point we could, and I think we got what we shot for. Uh, the CU Boulder Chancellor Phil DeStefano said, um, Basically, one of the biggest cheers came when he admitted they're changing a they're basically announcing a new pilot program for transfer credit review that facilitates the expedited review of the academic credits for other institutions in order to assess their acceptability at CU Boulder as as electives. Basically, the translation is CU is making it easier for players at other four year colleges to transfer into university. So. Let's let's put it like this: an easy academic re- restrictions for all those that saying he's unproven. For all those that are, are are trying to knock the hire, I think Rod laid out some very great points. But at this point, we're talking about Colorado. Exactly. He's done his job. Free, the for free the, media, the media is there for them, and the fact that we brought up all these kids are now in the transfer portal. They're already in transfer. They're portal. trying to come there. What's to say that he's not going to be able to exactly. have success exactly. in the Pac-12? 
Uh, let's go get it, man. They've had, what, one winning season? In- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you're going to look at it. Yeah, they just haven't had a lot of success there. They've had one, two winning seasons, excuse me, in the last 17 years. So the products that you were year. having, let's bring them out and let's make it happen. I'm down with it, man. Yeah. And think about all the, like you said, think about all the pro people that he's going to bring with him to come in, all the players that are coming talking, just like he did at Jackson State. Yep. He brought in all NFL players to talk to these kids about what it is. Yep. That's totally the beautiful agree. thing about that. I love it. Yeah, I do. I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought somebody else should have did it earlier than that. I know people are like, man, that's crazy. Do it. I, I think it's going to be exa- – I don't know if he's going to win a ton of games – but your program is going to be much better off because you're going to have a ton of recruits that are going to come there, and all the free media uh, will get that on the other side here. <laughs> we do have your Heisman Trophy finalists that have been released. But, yeah, like I said, I, I would have done it anyway just for the free media. Yeah, for sure. I always put it out there. Remember the the, the election uh, between Trump and Hillary Clinton, and remember one of the biggest reasons that President Trump won the election because he nearly doubled the amount of uh, free media that she received. Yep. Uh, he, I mean, he got a ton of free media. I think they estimated the numbers for him were around uh, like three, three to four billion dollars in free media. Um, and she could not replicate that. He got five point yeah. nine billion dollars in free media for the election. She got two point eight. She outspent him, and in terms of you know the election spending, about the free media matters. And right now, nobody's getting more free media than Colorado no in doubt. all of, in all of sports. In all of sports, right now. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into uh, matter of fact, we're gonna bump our soccer conversation. We're talking Heisman finalists on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie on One Hundred Four Nine The Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. And we do have Heisman Trophy finalists. Max Duggan, he gets in off of his, um, that display of testicular fortitude we saw in the Big 12 title game. And they lost to K-State. C.J. Stroud's going to make it as well. OSU quarterback. Caleb Williams still makes it in, even though he had a disappointing performance in the Pac-12 title game, mostly because he was injured in that game. And... Probably the one that's going to be the most controversial, Harge. Stetson Bennett. Oh, my gosh. Stetson Bennett. He is the starting quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs, who are the number one team in the country and in the college football playoff. They will face Ohio State in the college football playoff, at least in that uh, the semifinals. So I guess he's got that as a, you know, that's a talking point. Yep. I, I, he's 25 years old. Yeah, but best player, too. Is right, he, right. That's I don't consider him the best. He ain't even the best player on his squad. Oh, he's he's made it. some plays. He's done some good things, but I don't think he's that person. And this is not just for Bijan Robinson because we all feel like Bijan should have got the call to be able to go to New York. Mm-hmm. But look at what Blake Corum has done. The fact that there's only quarterbacks in this deal again just kind of paints the picture of you got to play quarterback to even have an opportunity to win the doggone trophy. Yeah, they they basically need to change the criteria. And the same thing just, with NFL. I mean, uh, uh, defensive players. Remember, oh Indomitian yeah. Sue probably should have won it that time. He definitely should have won it. Last and defensive guy to win it was Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson. And how long ago was that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the criteria for this award, it kind of takes me back to where we were talking about the Hall of Fame in baseball. There's no reason for... Barry Bonds and Pete Rose not to be in the Hall of Fame if you're going to try to change your criteria for what happens. That's a, it's, it's just insane 
that we are still dealing with this. Yeah, why not just make it three got three people? Right. You had to add. Seth did you have to have four? Yeah, maybe they just felt like they. And how had to did have he four. get the vote? That's what I'm still tripping on. Yeah, I don't get how he got over Blake Corr. I get if you're going to put him in because you're like, look, we can't have number one and number two in the country not represented in the Heisman. So we're going to put somebody up there from one of these undefeated teams. Pretty much. But yeah, that's that's. I don't know about that one. Yeah, that, I'm with you. It doesn't sit right if you're saying it's for the best players in the country. And basically, we all know now, <clears throat> as Hart's brought up, it's not even for the best players in the country. It's for the best offensive players in the country. Exactly. And now yep. you're saying most of the time, even though it went to a wide receiver in Devontae Smith a few years back, shout out to Sark. Um, <laughs> yeah, but now you're right. It's just a, it's a quarterback's award. It's for the quarterback. It, and not even for the all quarterbacks. It's for the quarterback playing on a winning team. Right. Right. Well, well Stetson proves that. Yes, I'm saying exactly. Because right? if Stetson Bitsit lose one game this season, they lose one game. He's yeah. not. He doesn't get a single vote. Yeah. So it's not even for all quarterbacks. For quarterbacks on good teams. Yeah. Because I mean, all right. Who do you think had a better season, Hinton Hooker or or Stetson Bennett? Right. Oh, Drake May probably had beat, beat them <laughs> Drake both. Drake May's <laughs> number was no, better than that. Yeah, I know. Drake May's no, yeah. He's going off his stats. Yeah. Though. He's. Yeah. He, he might have them both beat in terms of stats. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Is it because Texas lost four? Um, for uh, uh, games, that's why he didn't get a chance to go. For that's Bijan? why Bijan, yeah. Uh, I know there's not a there's what's, they don't have a true limit they cap it on. Usually they stop at like four or five, right? Four or five guys. Has there been five in a while? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't remember the last time it was five. And this texter says that Texas wants to change the criteria. No, Graham Harrell should have went to the Heisman Trophy. No, I, I mean, that, I mean, yeah. there's there's nothing wrong with that. The fact that. of the matter is the way that the voting takes place. Is, I mean, I know some guys that have votes and they take it serious, but I guarantee you a lot of people put their votes in prior to this past weekend, prior to the times that everything happened. That some of them probably put it in after the last regular season game and was done with it. Yeah. Didn't even let everything play out. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I'm all about Bijan. I think Bijan's great. I said at the beginning of the season, if Bijan's not a finalist for the Heisman or an award, a national award winner or the first running back drafted and something went horribly wrong, and I don't think something went horribly wrong. I think he will be the first running back drafted. I think he will win the Doak Walker Award. But Bijan lost this Heisman, or at least a chance to be a true Heisman finalist in two games. Yep. He lost it versus TCU when he only had 12 rushes for 29 yards. Thank you, Steven. Yep, uh, yep. And he lost it versus Alabama <laughs> when he had 21 rushes for 57 yards. That's it, gentlemen. You're talking about 86 yards total in from your games. best player yeah. combined in the two biggest games of the season, the two biggest national games. Sorry, you don't yeah. win a Heisman like that. No. Yeah. I don't know hey, if now, you get invited to New York with that. Hey, if he was in the SEC, he might have because I think Stetson Vincent Bennett gets the benefit of being the only guy from the SEC in SEC country and all those voters were not going to vote for another conference, no matter what. Yeah. There's just going to be enough of those That's people that are fair. like, we're voting within conference no matter what because we think we're the best. So we're going to vote for whoever. Now, you may still think there's another better quarterback out there than Stetson Bennett, but if you look at it, we you're like, yeah, they're not, you're not going to let. Yeah. They, they're not going to have two Big 12 guys no. and not an SEC guy no. in yeah. there. No, no. They, and Max no Duggan's doubt. in. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. And most people feel like, uh, you know, the Big 12 is a substandard uh Power Five conference. We know that's not true, especially year after year. But that's that what is your the, boy Sims said. Exactly. That's the narrative. <laughs> that's, that's what your boy I don't Sims agree with Sims said. on that. It's my dog, but I don't agree with him on that. But uh, Bijan not making it there, averaging two point six yards per carry in the Alabama and TCU games combined. That's yeah. why he's not in New York. And half of that is on Steven. Yep, yeah, on Steven. Somebody 12 just touches. 
That's on Steven. Yeah. Uh, uh, Horn Sports just tweeted out, Stetson Bennett has 20 touchdown passes and ran for a whopping 184 yards. Yeah, Drake May should have been there, or Hooker. That's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. All right, we'll come back. We'll uh, get into our last <laughs> somebody, hour. Wait, before you do that, <laughs> somebody said he's old enough now to be kicked off his parents' insurance. That's <laughs> that is true. That's actually a true statement. Yeah, <laughs> he is the only in the NFL that are younger than Stetson Bennett. He is the only uh, Heisman finalist who can rent his own car to drive there. Very true. Wow. Very Damn. true. That is sobering. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. We'll get into the 6 o'clock hour right here on Baldo Loud, 104.org.